What's going on, everybody, and welcome back for another episode of Triggered. This is Triggered, episode number 216. We're here on Thursday, September 10th. We are 53 days until the election. And, uh, yeah, so pretty f***ing livid this morning about the just total hypocrisy of the liberal media. And it all has to do with the story that came out yesterday mm-hmm. about President Trump's interview with Bob Woodward. Which yeah. was a mistake. He should have never talked to him in the first yeah, place. And that's that's, that's beside the point. The past is the past. Here yeah. we are. But every president talks to Bob Woodward. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, remember, know. I mean, Bush talked to him for like God knows how long. Remember, he wrote the, the, the Bush at War series, those yeah. three books. You know? in, in this clip, President Trump talks about how dangerous the China virus is. But the media talking point that's coming out of this is that he, quote, lied to the public. And that is 100% false. And here's why. The president was clearly already making moves at the time. The China travel ban was put into place January 30th. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Let's take a listen to what the Democrat clowns were saying at the time of this. And let's not forget that Joe Biden called the China travel ban hysterical xenophobia. Okay? Yeah. Let's take a listen to Tucker Carlson here in this clip. On January 29th, the day after that aired, Vox tweeted this. Is coronavirus going to be a global pandemic? No. Period. The Washington Post launched a barrage of articles explaining how coronavirus fear was totally irrational. On January 31st, they wrote this. How our brains make coronavirus seem scarier than it is. February 1st, get a grip, America. The flu is a much bigger threat than coronavirus for now. February 3rd. Why we should be wary of an aggressive government response to coronavirus, end quote, the response they're now demanding. As new cases of this disease popped up around the world, the delusion continued unabated. In fact, it got worse. On February 18th, the New York Times, the paper scolding Fox News, declared that, quote, in Europe, fear spreads faster than the coronavirus itself. Three weeks later, Italy shut itself down and thousands died. On CNN, on February 21st, They told you that the real plague in America was, quote, racist assaults and ignorant attacks against Asians, end quote. That's always the fear, and it's always aimed at you. That's what they really believed. Caring about coronavirus, wanting to protect the public from a pandemic, was racist. That's how deluded they were. Mark Levine chairs the health committee on the New York City Council. On February 9th, he tweeted this, quote, In a powerful show of defiance of coronavirus scare, huge crowds gathering in New York City's Chinatown for ceremony ahead of annual Lunar New Year parade. If you're staying away, you're missing out. Can you imagine? His wokeness took precedence over your life. That same day, New York City Health Commissioner Osiris Barbett tweeted this, quote, Today, our city is celebrating the Lunar New Year parade in Chinatown. I want to remind everyone to enjoy the parade and not change any plans due to misinformation spreading about coronavirus. What was that misinformation? That it came from China, that it was dangerous, that you could get hurt by it? Misinformation, said the health director. None of these people cared about you. They didn't care about protecting public health or sharing accurate information. They cared about feeling virtuous. They put their wokeness above your life as they always do and always will. And because of that, as they still are, they spread lies and talking points meant to advance a totally unrelated agenda of identity politics. Now they're trying to use coronavirus as an excuse to grab even more power. Today, the Washington Post published an article lamenting 
complaining that furloughed Facebook employees weren't around to censor opinions they don't like. Another Washington Post column over the weekend demanded that TV channels stop covering the president's daily coronavirus briefings because he criticizes the media and lies. Uh-huh. Don't listen to these people. They're the liars. I like. I like. There's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. The, the racism aspect was hilarious yeah, and, and still continues to be yeah. hilarious to this day. But what they were more concerned with was not saving American lives, but crushing information that they didn't like being out there on Facebook well, and also social media. Well, being against Trump. Well, of course. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean so, I mean, that, that, I mean that, that was the driving factor here. And, you know, it, it's just, <laughs> it, 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 just it really, honestly, if Trump had said this is a serious virus, right, mm-hmm. what do you think they would have said? Yeah. Exactly. That, oh, it's not a big deal. That clip yeah. of Tucker was from March 25th. All of that stuff that was happening before that, all the meanwhile, and we're going to go over the timeline in a minute, the president was taking decisive action to protect Americans from the China virus, okay? Yep. And here we have the Washington Free Beacon, who's known for putting great supercuts together here, of the media on MSNBC and CNN completely downplaying the seriousness of the China virus and also bringing on so-called doctors who said, oh, the flu is more dangerous. The same thing that they're bashing President Trump for doing at the time, which we'll talk about the motivations behind that in a second. Let's listen to this. In late February, President Trump began downplaying the coronavirus by likening the illness to the seasonal flu. People are like, you know, I think I have the flu. Could it be the coronavirus? Overall, most people should not be terribly concerned about it. You definitely want to pay attention. Should they panic? No, Americans do not need to panic. What I would suggest, however, Mm -hmm. is that Americans take this as a wake-up call for seasonal flu. Flu is a much bigger deal. There's an important context we need to keep this in, and that is that the flu is more deadly. Maybe this is a good opportunity to remind people of that. Such a good reminder. And while there's a lot of fear over this coronavirus, you know, the flu is already widespread in the U.S. and and it really is much more deadly, is it not? Coronavirus is not going to cause a major issue in the United States. We're going to have 40 to 60,000 deaths this year in the United States from the influenza and it's preventable. And there are only 12 confirmed cases of coronavirus here in the state. The risk is low. The risk, however, for the flu is through the roof. Health warning from doctors why they say people should be more worried about the flu than the coronavirus. Half of the people in America do not get a flu shot, and the flu right now is far deadlier. So if you're freaked out at all about the coronavirus, you should be more concerned about the flu. Oh, my God. And while all this was happening, you know, keep in mind that we talked about the China virus and its intense danger here on Triggered starting on January 21st. Some of those clips, such as Anderson Cooper there, was from March 15th. Okay, that's two months later. And all the meanwhile, President Trump taking decisive action. Right. And we have been talking about this, obviously, since that time. And Nancy Pelosi went down to Chinatown in San Francisco. It's a party on February 24th. And let's take a listen to what she had to say. Uh, We want to be vigilant about what it might be on the uh, what is out there in other places we want to be careful about how we deal with it but we do want to say to people come to chinatown here we are we're again careful safe and come join us she says everything is fine here no problem right but their problem is that the president was trying to keep the public calm 
We saw the run on supplies that happened in March when it came into focus here that this wasn't just going to be, you know, a quick thing that went away. Stores were totally out of supplies. You remember the toilet paper yeah. run of 2020? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. And thanks to the Obama-Biden administration not restocking vital PPE after the swine flu and China's acts of war in hoarding the global supply of PPE, as we discussed multiple times yep. on here. Yep. There was a very real threat, okay? The, and, and Kayleigh McEnany went over this yesterday. If you had went out and the president went out and said, oh my God, the sky's falling, everybody's going to get the virus and we're all you don't think that there would have been mass panic? You don't think there would have been a run on the banks, a run on the market, a run on the grocery stores more than we saw? Yeah. I mean, what do these people think this is? It's unbelievable. And, and, and the other thing is they say, Oh, well, the president had intelligence, and he didn't tell the American people the full story. Well, that's the funny part is this: that COVID is a cover. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's be clear here. Let's be clear. The president has all kinds of intelligence and details on all kinds of things that the American public never hears, and there's yeah. a reason for that. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. That's not lying to the public as they're trying to make here. Yeah. And he was very clear that the China virus was a threat, and he acted like it. Yeah. And oh, what were the what were the Democrats doing during this time? Oh, impeaching him. The sham impeachment. Yeah. And on the day that the first case arrived here in the United States, they were marching their fucking bullshit articles over to the Senate. Imagine if they were working on virus mitigation yeah. rather than that fucking useless trash. Yeah. But this, it's okay because Trump also got things going on getting PPE manufactured here, retrofitting, you know, uh, you know, getting General Motors to retrofit their oh, yeah. facilities to make up ventilators. You know, Brooks Brothers uh, was making uh, protective gear, I believe, gowns. Oh, don't worry. We're going to go through the full timeline here so, because the timeline yeah. is the truth. Oh, yeah. They can't hide the Therapy truth. Operation Warp Speed. Like, there has been – this has been a multi-pronged assault. But what was, what was Joe Biden doing during this time, right? Because yeah. if you listen to Joe Biden, he says, oh, you know, I would have fixed everything. It would have totally been fine. The economy would have been great, blah, blah, blah. He would not well, shut down the borders. No, I know. Yeah. Let's yeah. listen to what Karl Rove went through last night on Hannity's show about what Biden and his top advisors were doing and saying during this time. I'm interested in what did Joe Biden know and when did he know it and what was he thinking at the time this coronavirus came on? Because right now he's looking back and saying, President Trump did everything wrong and I'm the genius if you'd only listen to me if I'd only been in charge. So I'm interested in what did Joe Biden say during the, as this came on and what did the people around him who were advising him say? January 27th, he writes an op-ed, says this is a dangerous disease. And here's my plan. In 2021, after I'm elected, we're going to set up a public health emergency fund. We're going to give the president the power to declare a pandemic uh, a disaster emergency, which he already has. And we're going to set up what he called the global health services to help countries around the world. Does any of that sound like this guy was confronting what we were facing at that point? That was the 27th of January. On the 31st, Trump puts in the the China ban, and you know what he said. He said this is a uh, you know xenophobic. This is racist. On the twenty eighth, the day two days before, uh, three days before uh, Trump puts in the travel ban, Ron Klain, who's a big advisor to him on health issues, says if he does this, this would be premature. On the thirtieth, the day before, Zeke Emanuel, who's a top healthcare advisor to him and constantly being heard, says stop. Uh, stop uh, panicking over the prospect of what the coronavirus is going to do. Stop panicking, he says. On the 2nd of, of uh, excuse me, on, on the 6th of February, 
he had an expert, a guy named Erwin Redlenter, said the idea that this is going to be a serious pandemic is not very likely, and the, and, and the odds of it being a lethal form is negligible. That was the guy advising Joe Biden. On this, the 11th and the 13th, we hear again from Klain. Klain says, this is not serious. We don't face a health uh, epidemic. We face a, quote, fear epidemic. Attacking President Trump for raising uh, concerns about it unnecessarily. On the 20th, Zeke Emanuel says, this is all an overreaction. We then have Nancy Pelosi go out and say, come to Chinatown. Don't worry about this. That happened on the 23rd. On the 29th, Zeke Emanuel says, you know what? The masks aren't going to work. Don't don't use a mask. This is the day that the first American dies from coronavirus. And Joe Biden's top advisors on television say, don't worry, don't go out, run out and get a mask. It's not going to do any good. And then on the 12th, as President Trump is putting in place a travel ban on Europe, Lisa Monaco, a top advisor to Biden and Biden himself, go out and double team on the issue of that European travel ban and say, we don't need to do this. This is premature. We don't hear the word mask from Biden. We don't hear the word social distancing from Biden. We don't hear the idea of a lockdown. We don't even hear the idea of you of invoking the National Defense Production Act in order to do uh, to, to get control of the PPE problem that the Biden Obama administration created by not refilling our stockpiles. We don't hear those until after the middle of March when President Trump is already talking about all of those things. So I'm sitting here saying here's a guy lecturing the country saying Donald Trump killed people deliberately. And if he'd only listen to me when he and his people are not saying we need to shut down the economy, we need to have everybody wear a mask, we need to quarantine in place, we need to do this, we need to do that. In fact, they're saying that's a fear epidemic, and the, the idea that this is going to be a serious pandemic is, is very unlikely. These people are our enemies. They yeah. want to destroy America and they'll just lie to reach that end no matter what the cost is. They don't care that 160,000 plus Americans have died from this virus. They don't care about New York and New Jersey and the travesty that went on up there in nursing homes. They're actively trying to cover it up. Oh, yeah. Actually. Yeah. And, and Pelosi comes out here yesterday and says, oh, the president was misleading. Well, apparently she forgets and she has the Biden sickness of dementia. She forgets what she was saying. You know, she she said that the president was fiddling while people were dying, except the president took action and cut off travel from China. Yeah. She said the president wasn't doing enough. And she's but, the one that that's always been in the way of getting the American people economic relief during this mm -hmm. whole crisis. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, so, the, the holdup on ha coronavirus. It happened again today, man. It happened again today. Oh, yeah. It's disgusting. The holdup on aid to the American people by the Democrats Talk about wanting people dead. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. They want to ruin people's livelihood? Yeah. And in the meanwhile, with these unconstitutional f***ing lockdowns and, and the rest of it, yeah. you're seeing the biggest transfer of wealth from American small business to large globalist corporations ever. Ever. May not small be businesses. That may not be an accident. No, it's on purpose. It may not be an accident. It's, yeah. it's becoming clear that that's yeah. on purpose because you're seeing small businesses, restaurants, bars – all being forced to shut down because they can't conduct business, even though you can, like we've said so many times on this show, you can go into a fucking Walmart with thousands of people, no problem. Right? Yeah. What sense does that make? And the president also, you know, hitting on New York and New Jersey, he wanted to quarantine that area, but was told by the so-called genius doctors, oh, that's not necessary. On March 28th, this is a quote from a Politico story. 
President Trump's idea of imposing statewide quarantines on hotspots like New York won't stop the virus from seeping into the rest of the country, according to public health experts. Trump's suggestion that he could put New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut on lockdown was met with broad derision within the public health community, which also questioned his legal authority and dismissed the idea as unproductive. Yeah. Well, where did most of the cases and deaths happen? Oh, that's right. New York and New Jersey. Yeah. And what geographic region seeded the outbreak for the entire country? New York oh, and New Jersey. Yeah, yep. New York and New Jersey. Hmm. Interesting. This, this was just another election operation by the left. Yeah. And you wrote about this yesterday. Is I mean, were, were they trying to save this for October and now I they had to put so. it out because they're bleeding yeah. in support for the, in the public? Bob Woodward knew about this in his interview with Trump in February. Didn't say anything. Didn't say oh, anything. that's because he's got books to sell. Until now. Yeah. Okay. Fif less than 60 days away from Election Day. Okay, Bob. You know what this is? The coronavirus is fading from yes. even the top five concerns it among is. the American public. Yeah. The economy – so restoring the economy post-China virus – and law and order in our streets has become the yeah. top two issues, yeah. and that helps President Trump. So what do they try to do here? They try to manufacture this bullshit narrative that, oh, they were the ones to warn the republic and save the republic from this we China virus. We have the receipts. I know. We have the receipts. It's just it's ridiculous. This, this, this memory hole thing ain't going to work. It's and unbelievable. It's just like the fake news report yeah. in The Atlantic about the military day. Yeah. And it, it's not going to stick. I'll tell you that right now. And, and looking back— you know, let's be honest, you wrote about this. Mm -hmm. If Trump had acted the way the media now pretends that they wanted him uh, to act, he would have been attacked yeah. for not only causing a panic, oh, fascist but... fascist takeover. Exactly. Would have been a fascist takeover. Would have Trump been a dictatorship. Is he, he is exploiting the virus to lead an authoritarian takeover of the United States and, his, and her institutions. So, you know what? I don't want to hear it. Biden didn't think that this was even a problem. If you look at his well, I mean, his actions and his advisors around him, just like Carl Rose said. Yeah, the, on, the, on the days he remembered he was running for president, yeah. Yeah, it's unbelievable. All, all the stuff that was ordered by President Trump, which we're going to go through in a second, saved countless lives. Yeah. And the initial projections, you remember that? One to two million dead. Yeah. Oh, a study that's been debunked by that, Yeah. by the way. The, the study that led to lockdown hysteria worldwide— Shoddy info, mm -hmm. shoddy data. They based it off of six airplane flights yep. out of Wuhan. And out of, I think, 657 people who were on all those flights, only 12 people got were like COVID positive. Yep. So the data was skewed. Now, again, this all goes back on, you know, nuance is dead with the left. You know? Well, they'll stop at nothing yeah, to smear the president. Nothing. They'll stop at nothing. Agreed. But, you know, is it a serious virus? Yes. Is it, did have people died? Yes. But- now they're treating it as a, some sort of super Ebola and that Trump should have stopped it from the beginning when they were the ones who were not even not to about, you know, prevention and whatnot. Right. Not to mention they still don't want to talk about the fact that China was responsible for all this and very possibly let it out purposefully into other countries. Yeah. Well, they're certainly not going to talk about it now because uh, besides election, you know, now we're, 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 there's, there's more information coming out about the high-tech genocide against the Uyghurs. Yeah, yeah. You know, now that Mulan is out. Apparently, Mulan was shot next to, like, a concentration camp. Yeah, it was, like, a mile down the road. Yeah. yeah, so basically, that's, like, basically having a production outside of Auschwitz and not knowing about it or pretending to not know about it. Yep. And it you know how this that. is – you know how you know this whole thing is really so, bullshit? Yeah. That their beloved Dr. Fauci went on Fox yesterday, an hour after this came out, to defend the president. Oh, yeah. I guess he won't be getting invited on so many shows no, now on these liberal networks. He pretty much said it's bullshit. Yeah, that, let's that, listen to this. Yeah. Let's listen to this. 
Joining me now is Dr. Anthony Fauci of the Institute for Allergies and Infectious Diseases. Dr. Fauci, great to see you this afternoon. So let me, let me get your response to this. President Trump, according to Woodward, says uh, in, back in February that he knew how serious this was going to be, but all the way into March said he always wanted to play it down because he didn't want to create a panic. Uh, you were there through that whole thing. Was that the playbook or was that the president just going his own direction? You know, I don't think so, John. I mean, I don't I don't recall anything different than in our discussions that we had with the president that he said things quite similar publicly. So I, I you know I, I didn't read the book. I didn't really go over mm -hmm. any of the text since it just came out. But, you know, when in my discussions and the discussions of other task force members with the president, uh, we're talking about the reality of what was going on. And then when we would get up in front of the press conferences, which were very, very common after our discussions mm -hmm. with the president, he really didn't say anything different than we discussed when we were with him. So I, I'm, I may not be tuned in to the right thing that they're talking about, but I didn't really see any discrepancies between what he told us and what we told him and what he ultimately came out publicly and said. So did you get a sense that he was or wasn't playing this down? No. No, no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't get any sense that he was distorting anything. I mean, in my discussions with him, they were always straightforward about the, the concerns that we had. We related that to him. And uh, when he would go out and I'd hear him discussing the same sort of things, he would often say, we just got through with a briefing with the, the group from the task force and would talk about it. So, no, it may have happened, but I, I, I have not seen that kind of distortion. He says it's a total lie. It is. That, that it's just unbelievable. I mean, what, what what world are we living in here that they could just attempt to revise history like that? And everyone's like, yeah. oh, yeah, that's okay. Well, hey, but that's yeah. what the woke left does. It's but I agree with you. I, Trump should not have agreed to this. And also, apparently, Lindsey Graham yeah. was the one who arranged this whole yeah. interview. Um, you have Lindsey Graham doing this when he should be focusing yeah. on bringing the people in Russiagate to justice. Not, uh, this is anti-Lindsay 2.0. I like Lindsay 2.0. This was very much... This was 1.0. This, yeah, this yeah. was this was original copy and yeah. uh, not good. Well, I mean, let's, let's just go through the timeline here because this timeline really tells the whole story of how the entire thing played out on coronavirus. This was from the beginning up and through the end of April and you obviously know more that much more has gone on after that and we're going to talk about that. But so... We, we found out initially about this at the right end of December, beginning of January, right? The CDC started issuing travel warnings. They were trying to investigate the virus, which was refused by China, nonetheless. The real thing started to kick off when January 17th, the CDC began initially implementing public health entry screening at the three U.S. airports that took in the most people from China. On January 20th, Fauci announced that they were already working on the development of a vaccine for the coronavirus, which was unprecedented. Yeah. Never happened in our history that we've started this fast on something because it was so important, right? Uh, then CDC activated its emergency operations center. They got special emergency authorizations for the new testing. We again offered to send experts to China, denied. Then you get to the end of January where things really start to kick off, right? The White House Coronavirus Task Force is formed. Vice President Pence is put at the head of it. And then on January 31st, they declare the coronavirus a public health emergency, and they basically lock down entry from China. That's action, okay? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, it, shutting down travel for, for, you know, from a country, I mean, if that does not mean, you know, signal that yep. the president thinks that this is an issue that is of a high priority. That's not something you do lightly. No. 
It's unbelievable. Especially against a ma- massive trading partner like yep. China. Mm-hmm. So On February 4th, when <coughs> President Trump gave his State of the Union, he said they'll take all necessary steps. Yes. Okay? Yes. Then that's when the ramping of testing begins, which we've developed by far the world's most advanced yeah. testing system, the largest number of tests, the most accurate number of tests. So they, that p- talking point from the leftist yeah. media got debunked really quickly. Also, sorry, as an aside, can, can we stop? But they're comparing new case like outbreaks mm-hmm. now to like what they were in March. Yep. You can't do that because the testing capacity was not where it is now back yeah. then. So I'm a little skeptical about whether this is a second wave or not. Are you? Yeah. No. I, I mean, I, is this a con- like, continue? I mean, certainly some states missed the first wave in you know late spring. And are now getting it now. Well, that's something but, that's not talked about is but, those states did it correctly. Yeah. That's the curve that we yeah. were shooting for oh, when yeah. everything came out, right? The big initial spike, yeah. which was New York and New Jersey, was yeah. what we didn't want to do according but, to the experts. But apparently that's what the experts want now. Apparently, Because, yeah. you know, Cuomo killed yeah. thousands of old people in those yeah. nursing homes. So you have to, like, you know, whitewash it. On somehow. February 9th, they briefed the governors across the nation and vowed massive cooperation, unprecedented coordination between the states and the federal government for a public health crisis. Okay, then finally, finally on February 22nd, China lets in the World Health Organization team of experts, right? We find out that they're experts. Yeah, it's their experts. But then we still find out that this is way more serious. And not to mention all of this happening. The World Health Organization was lying and covering up for China, which we've documented at length. Wuhan Tedros. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then. February 29th, the Trump administration announces level four travel advisory for Italy uh, and and Europe. Then we get moving here. Then things really kick into high gear. President Trump launches an unprecedented mobilization of the private sector, unseen since World War II, to produce masks and ventilators and PPE, gowns, all of that stuff, right? Yep. Then, March 6th, President Trump moves $8.3 billion for an initial bill to fight the coronavirus outbreak, which was seen, seemed to be, you know, a decent amount at the time, but wasn't even close to what we were actually going to need. He knew that, which is why he immediately started pushing Congress for a relief bill. And what did they do? They dragged they their dragged ass their feet. for, what, weeks? Yeah. Weeks. They finally passed it. It yep. has been credited with saving scores of businesses and millions of jobs. Uh-huh. March 10th and 11th were key days in this process because then President Trump and Vice President Pence met with the health insurance companies and secured a commitment to waive all co-pays for coronavirus testing. Yeah. Unprecedented. Yeah. Hasn't been done before. Then March 11th, that's when he banned European travel. But he also directed the Small Business Administration to give out loans to keep small businesses viable and add additional liquidity to the markets. And he met with the, the head of the entire banking industry all the American bankers, to discuss what we were going to do to tackle this crisis, right? In the meanwhile, the liberal media would have you think that during this time, he was doing nothing. He was sitting around. It's unbelievable. It wasn't wasn't a a big deal. It's unbelievable. Then a national emergency is declared in order to get access to more money. He pumped in almost $50 billion, right? March 13th, unprecedented public-private partnerships open up drive-through testing throughout the United States. Then we keep moving along here, right? We have two new rapid diagnostic tests, which development time for that, never before seen. Yeah. Okay? Envy of the world. Then on March 15th, as the run on grocery stores was starting to reach a peak, 
President Trump held a phone call with grocery store executives to talk about the, the need to speed up the supply lines. He waived trucking regulations to get things to where they needed to go faster. I mean, this was something I was actually talking with my mom about last night because, yeah. you know, she thinks this sort of thing's bullshit too. People in New York and these cities don't realize what it takes to get food from the ground to their supermarket and supplies from warehouses to their supermarket. They just think that it's a magic wand and it just appears, right? The yeah. amount of distribution and processing that it takes, the transportation. I mean, you you risk the supply lines collapsing. That's why President Trump repeatedly said, yes, this is very serious, but don't panic. Yeah. Just don't panic. Because as we've seen, civilization can collapse pretty quickly when they, when the it's hitting the fan here. And at this point, we thought that the death rate was like 4%, which is, it's obviously nowhere near that no, now. Not. We know that. No. But at the time, the data we were working with, yeah. which, by the way, was all fudged by China, Yeah. you know, they still go around saying, oh, the United States has the most deaths. No, China had the most deaths. China has the most deaths by far. There's a reason that half a million cell phone accounts, which is what they yeah. used to track as part of their national security yeah. apparatus, were deactivated they're, they're, in that time frame. They, they wheeled in human incinerators. Yeah. They I were know. running the incinerators yeah. for weeks. For weeks. Weeks. Some of them conked out because they're running them so much. Yep. March 15th, right when things are really starting to take off, FEMA's activated. Then... The president talks about how CMS, which is the Center for Medicare Services, will expand telehealth benefits. Telehealth was a huge thing here because people didn't want to go to the doctor yeah, because they were afraid of contracting the virus. Yeah. And this is all through mid-March, okay? The Department of Defense announced that they're moving 2,000 ventilators through the Defense Production Act. The Treasury Department kicks in hundreds of billions of dollars to stabilize the markets, to stabilize the, the, the funding of our currency. And they defer over $300 billion in tax payments so that people don't have to pay their taxes on time so that they could use that money to support their family. Then you have more stuff happening with closure of borders, which was key. Trump activated the USNS Comfort and Mercy hospital ships to New York and California, which weren't even used. They didn't need to be. He built a, a field hospital in the Javits Center in New York that the governor didn't even use. And if he had used it, instead of jamming those infected nursing home patients back into the nursing homes, it's very arguable that tens of thousands of people would still be alive today. Well, yeah, we all know Cuomo killed those people. So. Oh, Cuomo absolutely yeah. killed those people. Then the coronavirus task force is moving along. They're doing all these things behind the scenes that never get any publicity or credit for President Trump. The U.S. and Mexico agreed to mutually restrict cross-border traffic. Uh, they move tax day to July 15th. They move more uh, money around to help businesses. Then they're still at this point trying to get Congress to get off their ass and do something. And it's just unbelievable. I mean, Congress literally sat around while the, while the country was having a major crisis. And Pelosi has the gall to go out there and say that the president was fiddling while things were going awry. Yeah. She was eating her ice cream. Yeah, her and $30 ice cream. Yeah. And then at that point, we get major declarations in New York and Washington State and California because the virus is starting to ravage those areas. Uh, we have the coronavirus testing massively ramping up. You, you had 
uh, Attorney General Barr step in to talk about hoarding and price gouging. You had major medical supplies being rushed through production, activating factories that hadn't been used in years because President Obama, in his infinite wisdom, outsourced the production of all that stuff. I mean, time after time, no American in this country that needed a ventilator went without one. That's an amazing accomplishment for the, the media that said for weeks that, oh my God, the ventilator shortage is through the roofs. These people aren't going to be able to get help. We're going to have people dying in the hospital hallways. The hospitals are going to be overrun. Well, that never happened. Never happened. That never happened <clears throat> because of the support that the president and the coronavirus task force were providing. I mean, finally, at the end of March, we get the first CARES Act, which was, which was uh, needed but it could have been used two weeks earlier, it and it was the same deal that was offered two weeks earlier, but you know Congress. There's no changes. Yep. The president activated the <clears throat> Defense Production Act, which hadn't been used since World War II, like you mentioned, for GM yep. to produce ventilators. And then he, he instituted the DPA a, a bunch of times to get people to produce stuff that we needed to in a quick and efficient manner. And, it, I mean, what more did they want from this guy? Really? Well, they want him gone. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. But, like, do they think that he's just, like, a, a, a fortune teller yeah. and can see I mean, the future? All, it's all Monday morning quarterbacks, you know, as uh, Scott Adams said, the, the, the creator of Dilbert. You know, we, we'd all be geniuses if, yeah. <laughs> you know, if we could go by the that, that model. It's so. unbelievable. And, and you have even Democrat governors for a while were saying, wow, President Trump's doing such a great job. Gavin Newsom in California, who hates the president, yeah. said, oh, he's given us everything we need. Same thing with Cuomo in New York. But then the tone changed quickly there once Cuomo realized that, oh, I can't give the president ever any credit for this. Which, if the president hadn't stepped in, tens of thousands more people would have died in New York. And Cuomo's handling of the pandemic was one of the worst displays of leadership I've ever seen in my life. And then he goes out there and acts like he's some messiah which is just unbelievable. Then we, you know, we go into the 15 days to slow the spread, which was really, you know, 200 days and counting. And after that, we jump into April when things really start to spike and they're doing things like, you know, uh, social security changes. You're not having to file taxes. You're getting the money quicker. You're talking about things like the CARES Act, moving that money quicker than anything's ever been done before. Secretary Mnuchin has done a great job at the Treasury with all of this. Yeah. I mean, the, the economic recession from this could have been so much worse. I mean, we could have been talking Great Depression levels here. Yeah. And yet now we're seeing the V recovery, yeah. which, again, is why the liberal media is just freaking out. Yeah. Freaking out it's about what's going on In here. four months, we've created yep. over 10 million new jobs, which is half of what we lost during the during the China plague. When the China plague hit, we're in a V-shaped recovery. Trump has a – I mean it's already tailor-made. He doesn't have to say much. Yeah. I'll re-elect me and I'll finish the job. Yeah. Meanwhile, Joe Biden is talking about destroying entire state economies in like Pennsylvania with the fracking. You had you had the, the president – that put into effect the banning of export of PPE so that it would all stay here. Mm -hmm. They put in scarcity regulations so that people couldn't hoard up the wipes and all the, you know, the alcohol wipes, the Clorox wipes, all that kind of stuff because it had to go to the hospitals. I mean, it, like really, what more in their mind could have been done here? Right. They say, oh, well, we needed a national lockdown. Well, the president doesn't have the authority to do that, honestly. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, if you're talking about something like a nationwide Ebola outbreak, okay, maybe. But for something like this, I mean, yeah. was there a nationwide lockdown when the swine flu happened and all those people died and there was those millions of cases? No. I mean, I had the swine flu, okay? Yeah. So, I, I... I think I did. Yeah. I wasn't I wasn't tested or anything, but I felt like for like a week. I mean, the things that they've done here, and you've had him helping all of these liberal governors who now turn around and just stab him in the back. Just put the knife right into his back, and they say, oh, well, the president didn't do a great job, which doesn't match up with their comments from 45 days ago saying the president's doing an excellent job. Yeah. I mean, we could have literally had over a million dead if these measures weren't taken into place. If the president just decided to sit back and say, oh, you know, they'll, they'll figure it out. But instead, he's out there working, you know, 18, 20-hour days and no, no thanks from the media. But I think that real Americans see what's going on here. Yeah. I think they, they do. They have to. Because, I mean, this list is unbelievable. I'm not even reading half of this because all these things that he did on a daily basis contributed to saving American lives. And it's unbelievable. I mean, you know, DHS, the whole government was mobilized on this. And now you have Operation Warp Speed, mm -hmm. which has brought massively successful therapeutics yeah. into effect. And a vaccine. Well, well, the vaccine is still in progress. Yeah. But, but it's coming out soon, they But said. the vaccine's coming. Around, the vaccine's coming. Which, around election day. Yeah, which I love. <laughs> and they hate that. The liberal media hates that. They're praying. Uh, they're praying that there's no vaccine. Yeah. That's the sickness of this. Yeah. That's the real evil behind the scenes here is that they're praying that more Americans die and that there's no successful vaccine so that they can get President Trump out of the White House. Yeah. I mean, how sick is that? Nuts. Nuts. It's unbelievable. Enemies of the people. It is just totally unbelievable. And that's all the early action. And then there's another. I mean, this list goes on wow. and on. I mean, it's pretty much every, every single day here, folks. They have the something listed. Every single day, the president was stepping up and has stepped up and continues to step up for the American people. But no, to the liberal media, that's not good enough. And meanwhile, here we go yet again. Just today, the Republican majority in the Senate introduced a new targeted proposal uh -huh. focusing on funding the most urgent health care, education, and economic issues such as the second round of the PPP Paycheck Protection Program for the hardest hit small businesses and sending $100 billion to help schools and universities reopen safely and, and extending the federal unemployment benefit. But yet again, yet again, the Democrats blocked it. Just before we started recording this, the Democrats blocked it yet again. And the only senator that didn't have the courtesy to show up, you guessed it, Kamala Harris, the that wants to be your <laughs> vice president, decided that, you know what? Not that, you know, not saving the American people was important to us. I'm not even going to show up to cast my no vote, which is disgraceful in itself. And here's the whole crux of the situation that they're, that they're so upset about, right, is that the president purposefully tried to give people hope in this country. That, yeah, I remember that, yeah. Despite COVID being a deadly pandemic, the president wanted people to have hope because, as we saw, once the lockdown started, drug overdoses, suicides, suicides yep. skyrocketed. Yeah. Skyrocketed. Let's listen to this clip. 
Get back to your comments about what could have happened and, and the actions that you took. Is there any fairness to the criticism that you may have lulled Americans into a false sense of security when you were saying things like it's going to go away well, it is. and that sort of thing? But Jim, it's going away. But when you were saying it's going to go away, hopefully at the end of the month, and if not, it hopefully will be soon after that. But hasn't no, it your is thinking going, on this evolved? Jim, it is going away. Hasn't your thinking on this evolved? You're taking it more seriously now. I think from the beginning, uh, my attitude was that. We have to give this country — I know how bad it was. All you have to do is look at what was going on in China. It was devastation. And well, yeah, look at the numbers from China, those initial numbers coming out from China. But, you know, I read an article today, which was very interesting. They say, we wish President Trump would give more bad news. Give bad news. I'm not about bad news. I want to give people hope. I want to give people a feeling that we all have a chance. I mean, when, when, you saw, when you saw the numbers and when John and all of you saw those numbers and you're saying 120,000 people, you mean that's good? 100,000 dead people within a short period of time. I want to give people a feeling of hope. I could be very negative. I could say, wait a minute, those numbers are terrible. This is going to be horrible. This is a horrible thing. And that's the whole issue here. Yeah is that the president wanted the American people to not be totally hopeless. I mean, can you imagine that? Uh, compare that to FDR and Pearl Harbor, right? Yeah. When he comes out and gives that speech to Congress declaring yeah. war on Japan and says, we will defeat this enemy. Yeah. What do you want the president to say? stop until absolute victory. Yeah. You <laughs> wanted to say, oh, you know what? We lost a lot of Americans, but we're just going to sit here and shut up. And there's no hope. There's yeah. no hope. Well, that's what Joe Biden says. That's yeah. There's no miracle. He said it himself. No, no miracle. There's no coming. miracle. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. It's really unbelievable. It's totally disgusting. And these people, I mean, they got my blood pressure through the roof because <laughs> this is just f***ing low-life behavior. They'll stop at nothing. And the side note here, before we wrap up this segment, the f***ing never-Trumper scum and the establishment squishes who eat these stories up like a f***ing Chinese buffet. That's, pun that's pun that's intended. True. Sure, it's true. The people like Hook David line. French Hook and Jonah Goldberg, who are not Republicans but yet pretend to be to somehow make money. The Amanda Carpenters, the S.E. Cups, all of those people. Jennifer Rubin, who say that they're, they're a conservative, but they eat these things up. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Yeah, Trump has broken so many people's mental just state. I mean, it truly worries me what's going to happen when he wins re-election yeah. because I think they're going to they're going to have a big yeah, breakdown. Okay. He'll deploy the, the military. The meltdown right. will be significant. Yeah. But come on, people, and it and it's it's you know it's really also tied to the fact that they're still holding on to this hope that after Trump. If, you know, they beat him this cycle, yeah. that the party's just going to – the Republican Party's just going to go back to being the establishment squish no, losers. No, we're a losers right-wing right populist party and we fight back. That's what we're going to A, right a right-wing conservative nationalist populist party. Yeah. That's what we are. And if you don't like it, get the f*** out yeah. and go vote for the Democrats because guess what? They view you as part of this no matter what. And if they get power and, you know, they start going after people, I always say, you'll be hanging in the streets with the rest of us. Yeah. 
Don't think that your virtue signaling is going to f***ing save you. Because it's not. And the people that used the conservative movement for years, the grifters at f***ing National Review, the Weekly Standard, all these people who supposedly were on yeah. our side. The Weekly Standard doesn't exist anymore. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> the people that were supposedly on our side can go f*** off and die. Agreed. That's what I truly believe. Yeah. Let's get some of these great Americans that we lost from COVID back, and we'll trade these f***ing yeah. losers. Get out of the way. It's really unbelievable. And they'll stop at nothing to take down this country. That's really what it comes to. They hate America. They hate what it stands for. They hate They're patriotism. Death, in the, death to America in the streets. Yeah. You would think we're in Tehran. Yeah. But no, it's Los Angeles. Nope. I mean, come on. Like, what is going on in our country here? Meanwhile, you have the president out there working... 20-plus hours a day for Americans, losing tons of money in his business. That came out the other day. Yeah. That he's, oh, he's so much less wealthy now than when he became president. But they would have you believe that he's using his businesses to enrich himself during the time that he's president uh, here? That's, yeah. He, he had a great life before this. Did not need to be president. But thank God that he did. Because imagine... If we hadn't had someone like President Trump. Hillary? Oh, my God. Well, not even just Hillary. <laughs> not even just Hillary. If if President Trump... Because remember, all these people that ran against President Trump were very squishy, establishmentarian Republicans. Yes. Oh, you're talking... Okay, yeah, yeah. And after he came into office, yeah. they've changed. Yeah. Right? Who would have ever thought... They grew that, set. Right, exactly. He forced them to grow balls. Who would yeah. have ever thought that Rand Paul would be aligned with our MAGA agenda? During the yeah. primaries? Yeah. No way. No Marco way. Rubio, Ted Cruz. Now imagine if Trump didn't exist. And one of these people, I mean, it would have been great to beat Hillary regardless, yeah. but one of these people became president, but without their set of balls. Oh. Facing this radical left. Yeah. That doesn't have the... Imagine having a Republican president who didn't have the will to fight. I mean, really. We, they would have given away the farm in these COVID yeah. relief uh, negotiations. Yeah. So. Thank God for President Trump. I mean, really, it's not an exaggeration. It's really not at this point that he not only saved the country, but he changed the trajectory of history. And I think he's going to win again, but God forbid he doesn't what we face yeah. is really – it's very <clears throat> frightening. And that's why it's so important. That's why this is – that's why they see that they have to do whatever it takes. They'll lie out their face. You see Joe Biden lying about, oh, I never opposed fracking. Oh, the real person that wants to defund the police is Trump. Is that why no Democrat has signed on to the bill in Congress to pledge to back not defunding the police? Yeah. Not a single Democrat. And meanwhile, you have the president out here nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize because he yeah. negotiated a peace deal that – With the Balkan states in Israel and with the, the UAE. UAE. Yeah. Two, you two see major an, peace deals. You see an unprecedented alignment now of the Arab states lining up behind peace in the Middle East and recognizing Israel. You know, remember just two years ago when he said, oh, I think we're going to get peace in the Middle East. They said, oh, no, there's no way. There's no way that you're going to well, be able to do this. He did it. And he did it. And not only he did it, some kid from North Jersey Jared Kushner, who had no previous foreign policy experience, went in there and put these so-called diplomats to shame. Yeah. I mean, how embarrassing is that for the left? Yeah, no. 
It's just unbelievable. And and the second time that President Trump's uh, nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize, I'm not holding my breath that he'll get it because, you know, they're all liberals too over there. But he deserves it. Yeah, more deserving than Obama. Yeah. Much even, more deserving than Obama was drone striking Americans. I mean, oh yeah. I mean, you know. Even the Norwegian politician that nominated President Trump said, I'm not a big Trump supporter, but he certainly has done more to deserve this than, say, President Obama, who did literally nothing besides getting elected. Remember, him getting elected stopped the rise of the seas yeah, and that whole deal. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. Literally, the world was set on fire. By yeah. Obama. Yep. Because everyone could read him like a book and everyone played him. And then, like, you know, the Russians had their way. I mean, the Russian, Ru the Russia had the greatest eight years of, of expansion geopolitically under oh, Obama. Oh, yeah. And they keep going back to that well. Russia, yeah. Russia, Russia, right? They say, oh, President Trump stopped the classified election briefings in Congress. Yeah, because that's because they were leaking classified yeah. information. Yeah. And the I'm whole sure wait, Adam Schiff was in on those. Yeah. Yeah, you can't trust that. Yeah. They say, "Oh, President Trump is a Russian asset." Well, President Trump wasn't the one who let Russia just take a chunk of land and did nothing about it. Yep. President Trump was the one that armed the Ukrainians with lethal aid. The so aid that President Trump denied or not, uh, the aid Obama. The aid that President Obama denied. Yeah. yeah. And that was part of the impeachment <clears throat> bullshit. I mean, it's just one thing after another here. It's all a big lie, and they just want you to believe that President well, Trump is just, yeah. you know. It, it, the good thing is that no one does believe them. Well. On anything. Yeah. I mean, the people who believe it are the same liberal pieces of in the Northeast and in California yep. and the Gulf Coast. But normal people, people who will decide this election, people who are moderates, people who are independent voters and whatnot, yep. who aren't hardcore liberals, don't believe this stuff anymore. I mean, you mentioned it last episode. A Time Magazine reporter went up to uh, Milwaukee, yeah. the suburbs. No one cares about the Atlantic story. I know. No one cares. She had to bring it up for them to be like, oh, yeah, that story. I don't believe it. Or for a Biden supporter, and, that really doesn't you know impact my voting because I'm voting against Trump anyway. So Well, the reason that this whole coronavirus thing came up is because issues like that are what Americans really care about yeah. right now. Yeah. And they need to try to pull this coronavirus thing back into yeah. the the spotlight. Yeah. And meanwhile, President Trump is fighting to restore law and order on our streets. Yeah. Operation Legend has been insanely successful. Oh, yeah. A.G. Barr gave a nice little update on that. Yep. We're rounding them up. Arrests of over 2,000 violent criminals for serious crimes. <laughs> over 2,000 violent criminals taken off the streets. I believe we're up to 700 murderers now. And not to mention that they've found over, I believe, 200 children that were being trafficked. Okay. That's well, another underestimated story. There you go. And like we mentioned, zero congressional Democrats have signed on to the pledge to oppose defunding the police. They say, oh, no, we won't defund the police. We just want to reallocate the resources. Exactly. <clears throat> exactly. It's like... No, we're not talking about tax cut, uh, tax increases. We're talking about revenue enhancers. Yeah, Remember, that, yeah. that was an Obama line. Yep. No, 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 no. These aren't. This isn't a tax hike. It's a revenue enhancer. Yep. Just yesterday, President Trump announced his new Supreme Court list, which is in addition to the the Supreme Court list that he had put out before. In addition to the original group of top contenders, particularly judges Amy Coney Barrett, Thomas Hardman, and Amul Thapar. The president's new list 
includes a bunch of familiar names, and it's triggering the left so bad, so, so bad. I mean, yesterday they were, oh boy, Senators Ted Cruz, Tom Cotton, and Josh Hawley, all tremendous patriots have been added to the list. Can you imagine if he names Ted Cruz the Supreme Court? The libs would melt down. And an interesting addition, Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron, who I love, by the way. Remember when he said during the Republican National Convention, the Democrats think that your skin color should dictate how you vote. I'm here to tell you that's not the case. That's the case, yeah. I mean, we're living through a complete realignment of the American political system. And the liberals see their grasp on power being lost. Yeah. That's really what it is here. Remember I used the phrase, they're thrashing about like the exorcist girl. (laughs) I mean, you look up and down. With the realignment to a populist, conservative, nationalist party being proud of America, America first, the whole deal, right? The left loses its grasp on everything. These ancestral Democrats who have voted blue for generations because they, you know, the Democrats used to be the party of the worker, at least in their words. Yeah. They're I now mean, ours. Yeah, yeah. They see their – no one trusts the media. I mean for the longest time, white working class Americans were the backbone of the party. Now yep. it's all these soy boy woke uh, pieces of Well, you see, you see just in, in the Antifa. fact that uh, trust of the media – the mainstream media, which is filled with liberals, trust in the mainstream yeah. media is lower than that of Congress, which Congress's approval rating is like 12%. Yeah, it's bad. They bad. see their power is gone. Nobody yeah. nobody believes them anymore. That's why these attacks like this in the Atlantic and probably the 50 more that's to come before Election Day, so buckle up. Yeah. Nobody believes this. It's not landing. And that's why... They're, they're really melting down. They yeah. see it all in front of them happening. They finally, you know, they didn't learn the lesson of 2016 until about a couple weeks ago when they realized, oh, f- we cannot win without some level of working blue-collar white support. Yeah. Which they've been bleeding because of their identity politics. Yeah. It doesn't win. It doesn't win. And not to mention, we've never seen in this cycle – Trump's performance among black and Latino voters been be so high. Oh, through the roof. This is what we have. I mean, I mean, Mitt, Mitt Romney's team would have loved to have these numbers. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I said it the other day. I said, President Trump, mark it now. Mark it down now. President Trump will have the best performance among Hispanics and black Americans ever for a Republican. Yeah. He will get the highest percentage ever. He will beat Bush's performance with Hispanics. I mean, look at these numbers coming out of Florida. And it's not just the Cubans. Yeah. Because, of course, the Cubans traditionally support us, yeah. and they know the dangers of socialism some, uh, and communism. Some Puerto Ricans are actually uh, yeah. joining the, joining the yeah. getting it's, on the Trump train. It's almost 40% of non-Cuban Hispanics yeah. in Florida, which yeah. Hillary won by, I think, oh, 50 points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hillary did well. But I will say, and but I think this might be shifting because of this whole COVID, you know, memory hole that they're pulling with yeah. us right now. At the time... They said that Trump is kind of underperforming with seniors, yeah, which is not good. That's a reliable voting block. They vote early and vote often. Mm-hmm. But, but maybe this whole COVID, you know, trying like you said, trying to bring COVID back into the uh, back, you know, back into the limelight. It, maybe there's a shift in that. Yeah, I mean, as well, it, it's certainly know. possible. But I don't know. I, you things know. are tightening up across the battleground states. So I don't, I don't care about what the national polls say anymore. All I care yeah. about is what things are on the ground with you know Michigan, Florida. Mm-hmm. Pennsylvania, 
chose a very tight race. Oh yeah, and we're we're gonna talk yeah, about those polls. No, I'm just saying, just because those there. those polls are yeah. are very important yeah. actually. And, but, but of course, quickly, that part's buried like you know nine paragraphs into the course, story yeah. storm. You know. But before we move on from this Scotus stuff, yeah, where's Joe's list? Oh, he, Joe's no, list of oh, judges. He can't. He can't. He can't. He can't sit. Well, first of all, I, I think he forgot the list. He probably. Yeah. Used it, he probably used it to wipe his ass. Uh-huh. Um, forgetting it was in toilet paper. Um, we all know that he just wants liberal activist yeah, judges. Exactly. That's why he can't name the list. If there is a list, yep. he, he can never. He can could never, never release it. it. He yep. can never release it. We have the Trump rallies back in action. He just held one in Winston Salem, North Carolina. That was right? awesome. Which was great. That was awesome. And tonight he's going up to Michigan. I forget which part of Michigan. Let me look real quickly I think here. It's uh, Adolf it's, Whitmer's house. Uh, it should be his house. Freeland, Michigan. Okay, Freeland, Michigan, which I believe is is that up in what part of the state is that in? Interesting. Northern part of the state, right by Saginaw, and I think that's an area where traditionally uh, he won in twenty sixteen. Yeah. But you you have to turn out the support, right? It, it, where is you know where's the crowds for Biden? Oh wait, they're not having crowds. Yeah. And even if they wanted to have crowds, if they allowed crowds, there it'd be, be what a third of yeah. what President Trump yeah, gets, maybe. No and the reporters at the White House say, "Oh well, why can the president have rallies? Why can the president? Why is it okay for Trump to have rallies, even though Black Lives Matter has been rioting and protesting in the streets for, for 90, months, ninety plus days, yeah." Well, take a listen to what Kaylee McEnany, who, by the way, is just fantastic, had to say. It's very focused on, on, on the response there. Then why did the president have thousands of people, many not wearing masks, at a, at a rally last night in, you know, in, in a state that has limited outdoor gatherings to 50 people? Why is he going to Nevada this, this weekend to hold similar outdoor rallies, uh, gathering these large numbers of, of people in violation of his administration's own guidance and of the best advice and guidance of local officials who he has said should have the final say in these matters? People have a First Amendment right, if they so choose, to show up and express their political opinion in the form of a peaceful protest, which is what um, the president held. And there's a real double standard here. CNN had on a guest, uh, apparently a doctor, uh, Rob Davidson, who said, now true, there are social distancing issues with regard to the protests we've seen around the country. However, this is a public health crisis. They are marching against systemic racism. So if you're allowed to march in aggregate um, in those protests, you're also allowed to show up at a political rally. You have a First Amendment right in this country. People have a First Amendment right. That's what we need to hear. You saw the other night they were handing out signs. The sign said, on one side, four more years. On the other side, Peaceful protester. Nice. I think that's genius. Yeah. It's genius. Because really, at this point, you you have these states that say, oh, well, you can't have a gathering over 50 people. But marching in the streets for Black Lives Matter with thousands is okay. Why is it not okay for us? Yeah. Right? Why can't we support our political cause? And that's just part of the new woke segregation, which I couldn't believe these stories. Okay. Uh-oh. Up at University of Michigan, Dearborn, which is filled with, uh, you know, that area is very, very sketchy. Uh-huh. I don't even want, yeah, I don't want to get into that. They they now have, it, they have these like Zoom uh, conference rooms, I guess, where you can hang out or whatever. Yeah. Well, now it's segregated. Oh. We've gone back to the days of whites only and coloreds only oh. because Jesus. there's a, there's a non-person of color cafe Versus a this is their new phrase. Oh, BIPOC. BIPOC. Yeah, this BIPOC. Is an interesting one. 
black I caught BIPOC from that girl last night. Yeah, black, indigenous, and people of color. Indigenous. That's an interesting what one. the? Yeah, there's does, only. Uh, does that mean Indian? Is that about the Indians? Yeah, yeah. They're talking about Native uh, Americans. That's yeah. like what two percent of the yeah. population. The Hispanics don't even get a mention. That just wow. shows you what you think of them. Wow. But. He, they, they said, oh, well, this is the law of critical race theory and social justice. and This is straight out of the Jim Crow era. Yeah, it's neo-Jim Crow. Hey, listen, you know what? I mean, here's here after all this rioting, if if liberals want to, like, you know, not be around me, mm-hmm. that, I'm totally fine with that. Off. <laughs> and, what, and, and what did they say on The View yesterday? Uh, Sunny Hostin, which is, she's just a total What did she refer to black Republicans as? Props. Pro- wow. They're props. They're props. They can't even fathom. They can't even fathom that a black person would vote for a Republican. Yeah. Well, guess what, Sonny? A lot of them are at this. And it's going to be It's going to be big it's this gonna be, time. It's going to be 10. I, I say 11.2%. I just talked to uh, one of my uh, friends from college the other day who was a big liberal back in the day when we were in college. This was 2014, yeah. 2015. Yeah. He messaged me and he's like, you know what? During this pandemic, I read all of Thomas Sowell's books. And it's never been more clear to me that the Democrats, what they think of black people, and now that I am a Republican. Wow. This guy was liberal. Very, very liberal. And I, I was taken aback. I was like, wow. Welcome. Yeah, well, first off, yeah, welcome welcome yeah. to the party. Yeah. More than welcome. Yeah. We'd love to have you. Yeah. And it's it's truly unbelievable to me that people on the left look at look at African Americans like that. Yeah. And they say, oh, you're a traitor to your race. Yeah. You're an Uncle Tom. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's just so disrespectful. Our they're, ideas they're are so great. They're yeah. mandatory. Yeah. And have to be enforced with, with the barrel of a gun. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Real quick before we get into the state of the race here yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. to wrap up the show. Yeah. The Mueller uh, documents, some of them have come out. And interestingly enough, Robert Mueller claimed under oath that he was not a candidate for FBI director. The documents show otherwise. Oh. Which we've known for some time as an anecdotal thing, but here we have actual proof. The documents obtained by Judicial Watch show Mueller was, in fact, an official candidate for the position and withdrew his consideration. So it wasn't something where he didn't know he was a candidate, yeah. right? Yeah. But he went to Congress and testified that he wasn't. I was not a candidate. Oh. So he lied to Congress. <laughs> Perjury in front of Congress. You know who also did that? Roger Stone. Yeah. Allegedly. Will, Allegedly. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but will Mueller get the Roger Stone treatment? Will I the FBI he, he bust to, down he, his door at to, dawn with CNN has, cameras rolling in the streets? He has to go to jail for seven to nine years. Yeah, I guess so. It's unbelievable. Seven to and, nine. And this is the double standard of the justice system. And uh, Bill Barr was just asked yesterday to give an update on Durham. And he was very vague and coy about it, but there's still people that are saying this investigation is so incredibly broad and large. That's why it's taking so long, because just when they think they're wrapping up, they find new evidence and new cover-ups, new people involved. They have to do new interviews. And I heard that there's some Republicans that are under the microscope oh as well. Oh Some of those old school, squishy Republicans, oh. just like John McCain, oh. who took major part in the dossier, the people like that. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting. Well, he escaped because he's dead now. So. That, well, yeah. yeah. That was reported by uh, Adam Housley, yeah. who is yeah. former Fox News reporter, but has great intel on this. 
And uh, interestingly enough, he also reported on the coronavirus vaccine, he knows someone that's in, involved with it, saying, one, they're very close, very, very close. And two, the most rigorous safety standards are being applied to this. And the idea that Kamala Harris put out there that we shouldn't trust the vaccine because of Trump, Trump did, yeah, is, is absurd. Is, is, well, that's, a, that is, that's, that's another public health disaster right yep, there. Yep. So <clears throat> let's talk about the state of the race here. And like I mentioned before, you know why the libs are melting down like this? Yeah. Because we're winning. Yeah. We're winning. Just look at the polls. Yeah. They show near ties, yeah. which really means – that Trump's winning. Trump's winning. I just don't – I mean, folks, it just doesn't make any sense. They say Biden is 7, 8, 9, 10 points ahead, but he's chasing Trump in, in Wisconsin. He's in going, Florida. In Florida. He's going to Pennsylvania. These are states that you don't need to visit if you're up by 10 points. But would you – you don't even need to look at the polls sometimes. You could just tell by the campaign's behavior. Oh, God, yeah. He was smoked out of the basement. Yeah. Didn't want to do that, no, right? No. He's been forced to go to places like Wisconsin yep. and Pennsylvania. But notice where they're not going, the Biden campaign, and where they're not spending a lot of money. Florida, North Carolina. Yeah. Which suggests that they think that those are off the table yeah. and that they, that's not within reach for them yeah. there and that Trump's support is too large there. Yeah. So they're pulling their resources to other places, Move right? You see President Trump's allocation of resources. Where is he spending money? Well, he's continuing to spend money in Florida because they have a very good shot of winning there. Yeah. And that's really his key to yeah. 270 is well, through Florida. And and that's that's um, pretty much the ball game for, for Biden too. If he loses if Florida, he loses Florida, the chances of him winning the 2020 election dip below 50%. And that's yeah. that's CNN analysts saying that stuff. So that's so. why they're freaking out because you look yeah. at these projections, right? They're like, "Oh, Biden has an 83% yeah. chance of winning." Yeah. Well, if you take away the one state that they're giving him, which is not actually going to go to him. Yeah. It's below 50%. I know. They see the writing on the yeah. wall. And you, is he really up, you know, 10 points nationally when he's struggling in Miami-Dade County? Right. At Democratic Bastion? Right. Something is off. Uh -huh. Something is absolutely off. And then I, I don't, I don't, you know, they always had the, while well, he's, you know, ahead nationally, mm -hmm. the battleground states, like you said, show, show the race tightening up. Well, then that, that doesn't make any sense then. Of course, they yeah. add that, you know, seven paragraphs down yeah. in the story. But they're still using vo uh, registered voter models. Yep. Just for some of these polls. And some of them are like 600 respondents. Yeah. How yeah. how in the world do you credibly put out a national, national poll with 600. 600 respondents? The holy trinity, folks, for polling is 300 for a congressional district, 600 for statewide, and you have to have a, a, at least 1,000. More like 2,500 yeah. for national. At least. But, but, but you know, 1,000 is, is, is a minimum gauge. I could get minimum 600 get votes picture. in a twitter poll you're telling yeah. me these professional polling companies yeah, yeah. can't do better than this and also some of the um some of the mark you have to look at the margin of error folks yeah if it's if it's over five you might as well just throw it in the trash yep i i saw a poll i forget who it was and i i, I forgive me i i, I have forgotten who storm it was 5.3 yeah which is really a what? ten point swing. What the foot? Plus what or minus? The, yeah. How am I? Listen, I was not. I'm. I'm. I'm an Asian who's not good at math. Okay. <laughs> but I took statistics in high school under my the great teacher, Mrs. Orr. She was fantastic, mm. and she even said, "Uh, margin error five or more, and anything sample wise is kind of iffy." iffy. You know, well, you know what I say. Iffy. If they want to think to themselves that they're up this big in the polls Let and potentially keep Democrats from actually yeah. going out to vote, which is what happened last time. Yeah. Then let them. Let them. And you look at. One poll, which is more issue-based, so I trust those a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, morning consult poll, 
which was conducted They're after... They're terrible. Which was conducted after the fake news Atlantic story came out about veterans. Yeah. This is about Trump's strength with military families. Leading by 10 points among military families. Yeah. You would think that if people actually believed that, that there would have been a significant change. Yeah. But there wasn't. Look at the Pennsylvania voter registration numbers that just came out yesterday. Huge. Huge. And not only huge in the rural areas of the state where we, we yeah. expected it to be. Yeah. Bucks County. Bucks County is positive for Republicans. Yeah, a thousand more registered Democrats. Uh, sorry, re- more registered Republicans than Democrats. Yep. It's huge. You have the soft Trump voters coming home. Yep. They say, oh, sh-, look at what the left poses as a yeah. threat to our country. Also, you asked, uh, you know, we, we talked about COVID for a lot, a uh, big part of this episode, folks. You know, there's a big windfall mm-hmm. in certain counties of, of Pennsylvania because of Penn State and and other colleges. Well, with COVID and, you know, kids not re- returning to campus, mm-hmm. Democrats can't expect those votes from, you know, yep. Center County and whatnot, which is why I think um, what I, – I, I don't know what this is. I, I don't know what they're doing in there. What is North Carolina's COVID, uh, college COVID policy? Are, are they doing virtual learning as Mostly, well? Mostly, yeah. Okay. Well, the research triangle, which is loaded with college students, loaded mm-hmm. with liberal votes, they ain't going to be there. Yeah. They ain't gonna be there. They'll be out of state. And once, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you know. So, uh, yeah, I think we forgot it's about. Be interesting. You know, a lot of college students re-register to vote where, where you know, where they are for those four years. So, uh, I certainly did at Dickinson. Yeah. Um, me so, too. you know, I, I think there's a whole horde of votes, liberal votes that that cannot be accounted for in in, in Pennsylvania and North Carolina and the like. And you the know like, what so. else? You know what else? Yeah. North Carolina just started getting back its first round of ballots in the mail. Oh, you know what the rejection rate for the first round was? I bet. 26%. 26% of mail-in ballots were rejected immediately oh my for God. either lack of signature, incorrect fill-out, all that kind of thing. Oh, my God. So it's very important yes. that we as Republicans vote in person. person. And it's safe. It gives us an it's automatic safe. edge. Yeah. It gives us an automatic edge that so many Democrats are going to vote through mail that inherently there is going to be a percentage loss there for them. Yeah. If we vote in person, yeah. that gives us a huge advantage. Yeah. So go vote in person. Yeah. That's and what you need to do. I have a feeling. And I you mean, can vote in person early. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. There's, that might be what we do. Yeah. But I'm voting in person. Around. I mean, I'm voting. Yeah. In person. In person. No absentee. Yeah. No vote by mail. Get, if you can get to your poll... Get to the poll, and let me tell you, I think a lot of this mail-in is going to be in states that are just not competitive in elections anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the Northeast, California. California, we might even not know the the, the, the full vote total until, like, you know, nine months after. Given well, like I mentioned, though, the other, day, you know? the other day, the poll came out in California. Oh, yeah, more remember, Republican. Yeah, remember, Hillary back. won by 33 points in California. Yeah. Right now, it's showing 17, 17. for Biden. Well, if that happens, you know what? we flip back yeah. eight House seats. Yeah. So that's very yeah. important. I'll, and, I'll just say one thing, AB5. Yeah. I think AB5. Well, they had to repeal pit, part of it. Be, well. Because of the Uber or Lyft. pissed yeah, off yeah. millions of people. But the only way to make sure your vote fully counts is in to person. vote in person. in person. And not only that, if you have election day where you can Sign up to be a poll watcher with the yeah. Trump campaign. Yeah. We need people monitoring these elections across the country because they're going to lie, going to do cheat, funny, and steal. There's going to be funny business. There's they're going to lie, business. cheat, and steal. There was that Democrat firm who who were ba- was basically laying out the groundwork, saying that, yeah, you know, 
Trump might might be ahead by like you know they giving they gave him like four hundred and three electoral votes, but yeah. those mail in when those mail in ballots are counted, yeah. Biden's gonna win. Okay, so basically they're preparing us for the the lying and cheating, stealing, yeah. and, the, and the endless recounts. Well, in Pennsylvania, um, they're trying to get it so that stuff sent after election day can be counted. No, are you insane? No. I mean, this is where they're gonna be like, oh look. We found this crate yeah. of ballots in the oh, back of a truck. Look, hey, yeah. Storm, look what fell off the truck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like, I mean, come on it's now. It's just unbelievable. But uh, the areas um, that, that Biden needs to do well are, are not, you know, are not nothing special. The same old, same old. He has to do well in Philly and the southeast and whatnot. But, not going to happen. But in those that, – that area, listen, there are three counties, Northampton, Bucks, and I believe uh, – I the last – all uh, – there's it's, three of it's them. It's Philadelphia County, isn't yeah. it? No, 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 I'm talking about the ones that have the the, the trend towards the GOP. Oh yeah. Northampton's yeah. going towards GOP. Yeah. Bucks especially. You know, it's it's gonna be Luzerne. Jumping. Is it Luzerne? Oh no, they, yeah. they 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 don't. They're not confident that Luzerne's gonna flip. And Lackawanna is also. Uh, yeah. if, if if Biden cannot do well in that county, especially, uh, this is an aside, but. Um, Biden's they, not gonna. They win say it is exce- quote exceedingly difficult. For him to to, to to win the state. In fact, Pennsylvania is going to be tough to flip for Democrats. That's basically what right. what the core of the article was saying. And with Biden, Biden, listen, Hillary sucked, all right? But Hillary could draw a crowd. Yeah. We saw it. Hillary got, I mean, the turnout in Pennsylvania in 2012 was not bad. It was it was high, actually. Mm-hmm. It was higher than 2012. Uh, uh, six, six, it was, yeah. So, but here's what you really Biden need to look is, at. I mean, the enthusiasm for him sucks. That's what I was just about to bring up. You, you look at people who say yeah. that they're voting for President Trump yeah. instead of against Biden yeah. versus the number that are voting against President Trump and f- versus for Biden. Yeah. Agreed. So it's basically like, you know, yeah. you're voting against instead of for. Yeah. That drives votes. It does. The enthusiasm gap is yeah. huge. You you don't see well, you know, show me the crowd of ten thousand people chanting that we love you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Let's play, let's actually play that clip yeah. because that was awesome. You can see the look of joy on Trump's face when the crowd in North Carolina and Winston-Salem broke out in a spontaneous chant of we love you. Listen to that. This is better than the arenas, I have to say. Especially when you have a crowd like this. But they're like this. They have such spirit in this country. People love our country so much. I went to Texas. I went to Ohio. I went to Florida. It's always... It's always like this. They love, they love our country. And we're not going to disappoint anybody. We're not disappointing them. For years, you had a president who apologized for America. It's just great. The enthusiasm for Trump. People love President Trump. Yeah. And it's not just anecdotal at this point anymore. It's yeah. obvious. Yeah. Where's that level of support for Joe Biden? It's not there. It's not there. So And honestly, I think because it's not there, that's why he's been mostly in the basement. Yeah. I think, yes, of course, you know, they had a false sense of security with the polls, you know, the the whole co- you know, the whole COVID bullshit. He has to, you know, be you know, be away, social distancing, all that shit. But when he gets out there. I mean, he's wiped out after a, a fifteen-minute speech. Yep. He, they, they learned, especially when Hillary Clinton collapsed during mm-hmm. the nine eleven memorial service mm-hmm. and during the sixteen election. That that 
was a horrible news cycle. Yeah. Horrible news yep. cycle because it rehashed her stamina, rehashed her health. We found out that she was actually – she had the flu for like three weeks and she was hiding that from the public. It was pneumonia. Oh, so sorry. Pneumonia. Pneumonia. And then remember she hugged a kid? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mean you can't have that moment with Joe Biden. He's not as enthusiastic. He has absolutely nothing to show that he has the goods to win a national election because he's never done it. Um, well, here's the thing. If there was no pandemic this year – I think two things would have been very different. Yeah. You could look at one, he probably wouldn't have gotten the nomination. Probably He was not. on the ropes. Yeah, probably not. Big time on the ropes. Yeah. Uh, whatever, no matter what anybody says, yeah. if they didn't have to shut down the campaign and the rest of the debates and stuff like that, and, and Pocahontas had dropped out and consolidated with Bernie, Bernie might have been the nominee. Yeah. But second, even if you assume that Biden is the nominee and it's a non-pandemic year and they're holding events, he wouldn't be able... To keep up with that, no, the stamina of that, nor draw no. the crowds. He has to take the day off. Yeah, and after and, a, a you know speech. Yeah, and something that's also vastly underestimated here that the political landscape has changed since yeah. twenty sixteen. Yeah, the amount of gun owners. Yes, the amount of new gun owners in this country is five million plus. Yeah. That's enough to sway that's an all, election. That's, that's all thanks to the rioting. And I also think we talked about the soft Trump voters in, in Pennsylvania having their come to Jesus moment. Yeah. For sure, the rioting in across the country, especially in Philadelphia, drove them back mm-hmm. into the camp because they saw that the Democrats are, you know, defunding the police and all this other, you know, pro lawlessness nonsense. Yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned it before. Being the anti candidate, the anti Trump, you know, the, the, it's not enough. Yeah. Kerry was the anti Bush. Mm-hmm. He lost. Romney was the anti-Obama. Yep. And he lost. Yep. You, you're not going to get – I mean that's the only reason why people are going to vote for Biden. Nobody wants to vote for Biden. I, I, I mean I have yet to meet anybody, anybody who is like, oh, oh yeah. my god, yeah. this guy. Let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. He loves this country and I, I love his agenda and that's why I'm going to vote for him. You know, yep. <laughs> and, and, and the gun owners know that this election – Yeah. The Second Amendment's fate hinges on this election. Yeah. Our friend John Lott writes, quote, yeah. Democratic vice presidential nominee Kamala Harris has promised to use executive orders to ban guns. And Joe Biden has promised to make Beto, who said, hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, his yeah. gun czar. Yeah, he can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? Yeah. That's very clear, right? Yeah. And let's talk about the Biden gaffes of the day here because these are equally as bad and gets no attention from the press. And it's unbelievable. This one, Biden said that 6,114 members of the military have died of COVID, right? Oh, my God. He said more than 6,000 have died from the virus. According to the Department of Defense, the number of dead in the military from coronavirus, seven. Seven. Unbelievable. The other Biden gaffe of the day. Let's listen to this word salad, and then I'll read you the transcript. I want to thank you all. I carry with me, I don't have it, I gave, gave it to my staff, but I carry with me in my pocket a, do I have that around anyone? Where's my staff? I gave it away anyway. I carry a schedule in my pocket. Okay, here's the transcript. Okay, go for it. I carry with me, I don't have it, gave it to my staff. I carry with me in my pocket a, do I have that around? Anyone? Where's my staff? I gave it away. Anyway, I carry a schedule in my pocket. Oh my God. This guy can't put a coherent sentence together. 
It's unbelievable. And not to mention that, yesterday, Joe Biden has a nasty cough. Oh. <laughs> he promised. <clears throat> then candidate Trump going to do <clears throat> starts <clears throat> announcing some additional. Today, I'm announcing. <clears throat> mm, doesn't sound That's so good. Not good. Might want to get that checked out. Not might want to get that well, checked out. Because, you know, he might. Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it. Uh, the, the whole thing is just unbelievable. It is unbelievable. He's Never seen anything like dead it man life. walking. <laughs> Never seen anything like it where the media tries to take their candidate across the finish line. This is way worse than Hillary was, yeah. and that was pretty bad. Yeah. So I mean, uh, and and talk about some heavyweights. You know, you had you had Obama. Obama couldn't mm -hmm. couldn't drag her across the finish line. I know, and he campaigned harder yeah. for her than he did for himself. Yeah. It just shows you that coalitions are not transferable. Yep. So I don't I don't think. Um, well, we got some more good responses yeah. from our yeah. uh, swing yeah, state listeners here. Uh, Todd in Michigan says huge ground support here, way more than 2016. People have been silent Trump supporters for years, but now it seems to be very open. He hears people openly discussing how much they like Trump. And every single time he goes to Walmart when he wears his Trump gear, he gets strangers straight up high-fiving him. He said he knows lifelong Democrats who are now switching parties, barely sees Biden signs or support anywhere, even in liberal cities. And a guy uh, he knows who was still a registered Democrat had somebody come and place a Biden sign for him for free, but he threw it in the trash and then put up a Trump sign. Not a single person he talks to in Michigan plans on voting for Biden is excited. They just keep saying they hate Trump, and that's what we're talking yeah. about. Will that get people to the polls on Election Day? Maybe. Yeah. But it's certainly not as enthusiastic as someone you're voting for, right? Yeah. Nobody's excited about Biden. And I would say – I would add that pe people like of that mindset mm – -hmm. The, the the Bernie Sanders people, the progressive left. Oh, definitely. I mean, definitely. the past two weeks, Joe Biden has made the best case for them to just sit this out until 2020. Oh, the never Biden segment is yeah. big. Yeah. It's getting big. Yeah. I mean, it got, that got a big juice of steroids, a big shot of steroids yeah. past, past month or so. We have uh, Matt in Ohio. Um, he says that uh, he's been working a job. I don't want to tell you the job he's been working, but because it might get him trouble. He works a job that's been taking him around to many places in his extra time. Sends him to a lot of houses and a lot more places than typical people go. He says, let me tell you point blank that the Trump support in this area of my state is insane. It seems it seems to be low-key competitive, too. You get one house with a Biden sign in the yard, and then all the neighbors go way overboard with the Trump signs and flags in basically every yard around it. I that's like awesome. that. Yeah, that's, I like that. <laughs> he too. says there's a lot of people outwardly supporting the president, and you get a lot of homes with no signage where they express their support for the president, too, when he speaks to them. Really expects the state to be wind up being a landslide victory for Trump. He said last election there was only six counties that went blue, and that's where the cities are. Uh, he says he feels sorry for Northern California conservatives because they go through the same thing up there. Uh, he said, loves the show. Keep the conservative ideal strong. Thank you, Matt. We love you. And our good friend Caleb in Ohio lives in Akron, which is a liberal area. Yes. He says in his neighborhood he's, he's seen three Trump signs and one Biden sign. But as for the rest of Ohio, he says way more Trump than Biden signs, way more Trump support. Um, and he says at least one person comments on his Keep America Great hat each time he goes out wearing nice. it. Nice. Um, he said, however, he sees a lot of Biden signs in Portage County. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, which is a place that Trump carried. So he doesn't think it's smart for Trump to pull out of this state. And he doesn't think his win here will be greater than 2016. He says he still thinks he wins, but complacency kills. Totally agree with yeah. that about complacency. Yeah. 
Um, but that's cool about you know Akron is is what killed Romney in in Ohio. Yeah, yeah. You know those those Joe Soptic ads. Yeah. Uh, well, Biden, you know, that the 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 whole you know Bain Capital stuff yeah. really really stuck with with the people in in Akron. Mm-hmm. But, uh, well, Trump's key to major yeah. victory in Ohio was cutting into the margins in blue places yeah. like that. Yeah. So we'll see what yeah. happens. I'm sure he'll 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 pepper some stops I, there. I, uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I still think there. that the win will be greater than 2016, but we'll see. As long as we win the state, I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, you know. You may not know. I mean, I think. This, this, I mean, some people might not know this, but like one of the issues that really drove uh, Ohio's, you know, right, right uh, shift <laughs> yeah. was immigration. Mm-hmm. It was like the number two or three issue with Ohio voters. Uh, and hey, you yeah. know what? For Ohio voters, as it was in sixteen, you know who the, you know, immigration candidate is, and that's President Trump securing mm-hmm. our borders, getting you know these criminal thugs. These criminal aliens, the hell out of our country. Yep. You know Biden's gonna let them in with open arms. So. Oh yeah. Well, he would have let them in with their COVID. Oh yeah. Too, exactly. Yeah. Bring in the coronavirus. Yeah. That's what he would have said. Yeah. Uh, just want to take a second here to recognize that tomorrow is the 19th anniversary of the September 11th yes. terrorist attacks. Yes. Both of us being from New Jersey, you know, yep. we grew up in the shadow of that. It was yep. very, very Horrible devastating time. day. It's always a sad day for me every year. Uh, but just want to take a second to recognize the 2,977 Americans who died. We don't go with the other number because people include the hijackers in that. But yeah, them. Yeah. Uh, over 6,000 were injured. Um, obviously, the World Trade Center, the Pentagon here in Virginia, and Shanksville, Pennsylvania. So I know a lot of uh, families, this is a tough time for them. And, yeah. uh, you know, God bless America. That's yeah. all I can say. Never, never forget. And, you know, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to be a little angry here. Yeah. To the conspiracy theory people, oh. st- t- please take the day off. I know. That gets me so Listen, riled up. Listen, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I I let you have your day with the whole Jeffrey Epstein stuff. Yeah. I will I will let you have your day with you know Joe Biden's a pop person. You know, I will let you have a day with you know reptilian shape shifting humanoids. Hillary was definitely Hillary. Reptilian. Oh yeah, yeah. right. Nine eleven. This whole inside job bullshit. I've I I've we've heard it for, I've heard it for over ten years. I've read about it. I've actually watched the documentaries I, I, because I'm curious. I want to see what they're mm-hmm. up to. It's just bonkers. Mm-hmm. Absolute. Just stop. Yeah, I agree. Stop. I totally These families agree. have endured enough, and the families of the first responders who who caught who who, who have caught serious health problems mm-hmm. in the aftermath. They've had enough. Everyone's had enough. Just, just, just go away. Just focus on Epstein. Yep. <laughs> That's what I'll say. And I believe uh, tomorrow the president's going to travel to Shanksville, Pennsylvania yeah. for yeah. Uh, the Flight 93 memorial. Yes, yes. Um, I heard that's actually a very nice memorial. We should go check that out. It is. I have heard it is too. So, yeah, it's September 11th is a tough day for yeah. the country. And, uh, you know, hopefully maybe tomorrow everyone can Although be it, unified for one it, day. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Although, you know, it's really – there's a lot of – a lot of young – a lot of youngins out there that, 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 you know, they weren't even born when this happened. Oh, I know. You know? I know. A lot of these people, I would say a good chunk of those, you know, trying to burn our cities down don't even know what the hell 9-11 yeah. is. And if they did, they probably would believe the conspiracy theories or or would say even worse that we mm-hmm. deserved it for our capitalist, imperialist ways or whatever the f*** they want to say. Well, and I was, I was eight years old um, yeah. and you were probably, what, 12? Yeah, 12, 13. Yeah. I was in um, seventh grade. Yeah, I was in third grade. Yeah. And I mean, that's one of – that that is – the first major world event that's just stained and, and yeah. seared into my memory. Yeah. You know, I remember my mom came and took me out of school and we got home and yeah. the towers were collapsing. It was just yeah. tough day all well, around. I, I, yeah, I, I mean, I got, I watched the tower 
collapse. It was you horrible. said you could see the smoke from your town. Yeah, right? because yeah. you know you were in North Jersey. Well, yeah, where I am, without traffic, you know, we're only forty five minutes from the Holland Tunnel, and mm-hmm. like you, you could see a dust cloud over this. Because I, I asked my dad, I'm like, Dad, what is that? Is there a fire? Mm-hmm. He's like, Matt, that's the World Trade Center. That's, yeah. that's Manhattan Island right there. Yep. Uh, the debris was, you know, the, the 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 smoke and the debris and the dust was just so so and so much, and yeah, it was it was a absolutely devastating time. Yeah, and if um, there's if there's one thing that you watch tomorrow, I highly recommend that you watch this. Just Google it. It's on YouTube. It's called The Great Boat Lift of 9-11. Um, and it's narrated by Tom Hanks, and it's only in a 12-minute video. But it talks about how when everything got closed down, the tunnels, the bridges, there was hundreds of thousands of people that needed to leave the island of Manhattan. Yeah. So what did they do? They assembled the largest sea evacuation in global history, and they put the call out for the boats, and they came running to the island, and they, it was the largest maritime evacuation in history. And it was something that I didn't learn about until a few years ago, wow. but it's a really cool yeah. story, so I highly recommend you check that out. Um, of course, tomorrow there will be a new War for the White House podcast available, which is on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and townhall.com. Great, great show we got going over there. Offers really unique insight with our rotating cast of hosts. And, of course, we love you all, so give us your five-star ratings and reviews. If you'd like to reach out, email us at triggered at townhall.com. And, of course, follow us on Twitter at TriggeredTHM. We will see you on Tuesday for another episode of Triggered. We're working on possibly having a guest there. And next Thursday, we'll have our good friend Mark Lauder back on the show from the Trump campaign to talk about what's going on. And we're really revving up, uh, you know, for getting into the debates, which who knows if those are going to happen. That's going to be really interesting (laughs) to see. All right, folks, we will see you on Tuesday. Later.